Uh, hello, it is a pleasure to be here at the Kremlin today. Uh, for those of you who do not know, I am Colonel uh, Alexander Alexandrovich Alexandrov of the State Security Service for the Military. Um, I'm here to explain to you exactly what happened this week. Uh, unfortunately, there was a small security breach when we were trying to hack the uh, the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons in order to prove the innocence of Mother Russia because the capitalist dogs will not allow this to happen. Uh, this small security breach occurred because uh, we were tactically using the free Wi-Fi available in the Pret Coffee. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, they were able to find out the secret password put in Lover123 when we created an account on vouchercodes.co.uk in order to get an excellent two-for-one deal at Zizis. We normally, for enhanced security, use the Wi-Fi at this place known as Starbucks. But we were banned after one of our agents used the Wi-Fi there to torrent the film Agent Cody Banks 2. <laughs> However, this agent will not be disciplined since this is a very good film and we stand by his choices. Thank you and good day. <laughs> I just love the idea of like back when they had the like the, the the general conferences of the Soviet Union. Like they just have they'd have a bit of like banter up top with like Chernenko or whatever, and he'd be like theme song. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up conferences because today we are talking about the four major political conferences that define UK politics. With Simon Childs, the editor of Vice for Politics. Hi, Simon. Hey guys, how's it going? Not so bad. And with me is the full clip of uh, Trash Future Trash. Locked and loaded, baby. Uh, we have Hussein. Uh, hi. It's very clear to me because we're sitting all around the table that like I'm the only ethnic minority in this room. Um, so I'm really hoping that none of you are cops. I'm Irish, so I'm actually more. <laughs> you're, you're actually against. more oppressed than <laughs> I, I am. The original <laughs> slaves. Have you, have you heard about the Irish slaves? <laughs> so really, they were the thing you know, they were actually, the original slaves. We minorities are on this side of the table, and on the other side of the table with Simon, we have Milo. Yeah, hell yeah, it's me. You're one in the chamber, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> and Nate. Ah, uh, you have Nate once again. Uh, not yet been kicked out of this country, so it's a good day. We're recording just, just before we start, right? I, I showed Nate this video um, on Monday. Not that, not that kind of video. Not that kind of video. But I'm not sure whether like they have like porn blockers in this new new room. But anyway, no, I, I showed him this video about like um, there's this series on YouTube where they basically get like people who like believe opposite things to kind of sit around a table or something like that until they come up with like a centrist consensus, right? And they had one which was like capitalists versus socialists. Um, and the capitalists are all like 19 year old undergraduates, and the yeah. socialists, literally, one of them was the Socialist Party USA's presidential candidate. <laughs> nice. like, Slightly uneven stack there. It was just like this really bizarre thing because, like, in the series, they usually have they have like it started off just being like relatively like mild. So it's like oh, people who believe like you know in uh kind of like they were kind of really milk like milk toast stuff. And then as the series has gone on, it's become more extreme. So it's like trans people meet straight people and they'll come up with some sort of consensus, like whatever genders. that means. <laughs> like, you know, um, you know, eventually it'll come to the point where it's just like Nazis meet, you know, Holocaust survivors and something like <laughs> come that. Come to an like, agreement. Like, yeah. <laughs> how many Jews can we kill? <laughs> like, like that's how the extent, but anyway, like the socialist versus like capitalist one was just the, one of the dumbest things I've listened to. Because it, but like at some point in the middle of like at the beginning of the video, one of the capitalists basically says, that, oh yeah, like, you know, um, we don't actually believe that like people of different races can work together to achieve like common goals. And that's why, <laughs> and that's why capitalism is best because it puts people of different races in competition with each other. Did the Tower of Babel teach us nothing else? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that's like, that's like libertarianism always has been a gateway drug to Nazism and it's never been more apparent than here. And we have a good segue into that. See, it was planned because it was I'm, planned. We plan I'm, I'm every leader of the show. This is the tightly scripted show that everyone's known <laughs> to love. I'm actually really impressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm the leader of the show. Also, now. on a quick aside about videos. And also subject, we endorse ISIS unconditionally. 
Always, baby. <laughs> no, come on. I thought we endorsed. Um, I thought we endorsed Hezbollah, and via that, the Ayatollah who does Abu Bakr Al Baghdadi. Usually, I would, but like you know, the streetwear from like Hezbollah's hasn't really been that. Like it hasn't been that good recently. Yellow just doesn't look good on you. Yeah. Yellow and green. It's just well, not like, not your kicks. Like the Hezbollah yeah. X Hetty Douglas <laughs> campaign <laughs> just didn't. It just didn't really hit it for me. <laughs> And uh, you know, just just speaking from a Canadian perspective, I think I think we've had a lot of Hezbollah, but where's the Hezbollah? I mean, all of these things. <laughs> no, we have the four four major conferences. We have Lib Dem, which stretches the meaning of the term major. We have UKIP, which stretches the meaning of the term conference. Then we have the Tories and Labour. Um, Simon has been to almost all of them. Um, Your real head. None of us. I don't think anyone went to the Lib Dem conference. Uh, can anyone think of a single policy they put forward? Vince Cable make a sex joke. John Elledge from uh, the New Statesman was there, and he said that there was something about a uh, people supporting Brexit in an erotic spasm or you something. Know, exotic spasm. Yeah, but he was it, supposed to say Brexit was an erotic spasm, but instead, because he wasn't willing to say erotic spasm, did the centrist approach and said exotic spasm. Who among us hasn't had an erotic spasm while watching the Lib Dem conference? <laughs> It wasn't even like a good line to start with. No. Like an erotic spasm. What does that mean? Is that it, it, it means that everyone was getting horned up. It, it's like everyone's getting coming. horned up for Brexit. Just jacking it Basically, to the idea yeah. of deporting some Latvian laborers. <laughs> I mean, you joke, but there are a lot of frequenters of country pubs who probably only can get stiffed up. Either if they're thinking about Trident, the SAS being sort of crack and secret, or... Uh, taking back control of like you know our banana importation laws, all through rigor mortis. Yeah, and so and that, they all at UKIP. Those guys. Yeah, they all voted UKIP uh, because. And the main thing anyone remembered from the Lib Dem conference is uh, Vince Cable tried to say a bad line and accidentally said something great. Mm. And it feels like I don't know how long ago. Like, yeah, I forgot that it even happened. Ago, you know? I mean, it's uh, the great thing is actually like we're no longer going to be governed by EU import laws and we're going to be able to actually negotiate our own deals for exotic spresms from all over the globe. Deals. <laughs> Excellent you, deals. Impression. Um, I think the less said about the Lib Dem conference, the better, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we've I, already... I, I have nothing. I can't remember it. Like, yeah, any... Oh, yeah. I mean, Donald Trump, Trump for Lib Dem leader. That would be great. It was, just, <laughs> it was <laughs> actually one of the most erotic conferences. OK, everyone agreed. I've spoken to people all around the world about the Lib Dem conference. They've said that they've never seen such an erotic spasm, okay? Now, I don't know what you might have heard about this conference in the fake news media, okay? But if you were there, you would agree, you would have said this was a very good deal. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, so that's, that's the Lib Dem conference. The less said about it, the better. Um, I'd like to move on now to one where it's worth a little bit of comment. Uh, Literally, in this case, uh, the UKIP conference. What happened there? Um, well, the, the main thing that was supposed to happen didn't happen. Um, they were going to be voting on whether or not to allow Tommy Robinson to be in the party. He's not allowed because um, he's a former BNP member. And, you know, UKIP is such a like totally not racist party that they need to have a specific rule. <laughs> Same rule that we have on this show. Yeah. 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 Except instead of BNP, it's like... Jabhat al-Nusra. Hussein yeah. <laughs> was only Hussain in was in, but we made one exception for him. <laughs> Well, isn't that the thing? They were trying to, they were like, we need to make an exception for Tommy Robinson. Yeah, to this rule. They then like kind of didn't do it on a really boring procedural basis, which I was like, fuck you guys, because they like fucked up what could have been an interesting story about the far right. Literally because like the chairman was like, uh, this was actually submitted by um, the, the wrong part of like whatever local like party. So they just didn't talk about it. Um, but you did have uh, Count Dankula and Sargon of Akkad. Sargon of Akkad wasn't there. He made a video appearance. Count, Count Dankula was walking around in his suit um, making jokes about his Nazi pug. Yeah. Oh, nice. Wait, so Sargon of Akkad is still not ready to leave his bedroom? He's like <laughs> trying to coax him <laughs> well, out. See, he, he appeared by a video link and there was like a picture of it and like he just like his mask because he's already got like a really big head, right? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like, he's a really, like I've seen, I, have, you, have you guys ever seen like full pictures of him before? No, but like the thing is, like his body is out of proportion, so he's got like a really big head but a really small body. 
So he's he basically a, is he a Funko Pop. He's basically like Zordon from the Power Rangers appearing on a screen, but just telling the Power Rangers to be racist. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So that's what so that's what the picture looked like, right? The picture it's looked okay like okay to be the White Ranger. <laughs> yeah, uh, like you keep it like slowly modeling themselves on a kind of like V for Vendetta style future, where like the, all the people who run it are called things like Sargon of a Khan. I mean, isn't, it, I mean is, isn't that what is it? Is it, it isn't that like what our friends at Warplan Purple are basically trying to do and their like weird obsession with like not understanding Starship Troopers? <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're like un- they're like unironically heading to this point where like they do want to be like, you know, the, the Nazi guy from um from uh FIFA Vendessa. But like the thing was, so I want to talk more about like Sargon Akkad's body, right? Because this mm. is so this is so this is so this is because it because it becomes worse, right? Because if you like have weird body features, and I and I have weird body features, right? You mm. kind of want to wear clothes that at least kind of hide as much of that as possible. But this guy goes like double down. So like not, you know, so He's got he's like this, he's got this small body, but he wears like boot like boot cut jeans, right? Ooh, right, and he like shirts that look like they're from like ASDA. So like it just he just look like he just he just looks like a very weird substitute teacher. Oh, you know what Sargon he looks like? Of <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Homer Simpson when he gets really fat and buys the moo moo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> so the video link to Gage's to set up because you're sitting there going, which one's the any key? <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a UKIP conference where like the video will just be like one of those 24 7 live streams of The Simpsons. Mm, yeah. Like, I've, I've got a pitch. Instead of War Plan Purple, how about Hall Plan Purple? Will they just suck your dick? <laughs> so, wait. So, what else? Ha- so, we have Count Dankula sort of. Also, by the way, the reason they're all called this is because UKIP is now the uh, whole party made of a YouTube comment section. Yeah. So, everyone just has their YouTube name. The entire um, conference takes place in front of a map. It's filled with like guys who fund the party who don't understand how to get onto YouTube. And the kind of figureheads are like one like far right YouTube influencers. Um, you just have these like weird kind of a mass of like gamer fans. There was this quite weird contradiction at the conference because it was that like sort of the new edgelords of the outright meeting like old kind of curtain twitches from Frinton who like when Count Dankula gave his speech, like there was a lot of sort of, you know, internet-y whooping from like one section of the audience and then a guy behind me going, bloody hell, it's him. (laughs) 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 Yeah. The man from the satanic rituals. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, sort of like they're like the, the outright YouTubers are presumably, well, apparently have brought in some new members, but this, this is only, they only joined in like June. So they hadn't they didn't turn up like then they're not sort of really in the party yet they'd like literally just fill out the form last month so you had like kind of like walking around but all the actual members who were there are like absolutely like decrepit and geriatric so this kind of very bizarre uh counterposition between like daily express readers and like ultimate new media edgelords I know we're going to get into the, the the Tory app in a minute, but I'm just loving the idea that like UKIP haven't reached that stage at the moment. The UKIP conference is like, welcome to the UKIP conference. Please follow us on Ebaum's world. Yes, well, you know, and really, it's about taking back control of the borders. And, and Count Dankula being like, yeah, it's also about getting your pug to give a Nazi salute. Yeah, yeah. Like, I suppose. Or also, Sargon of Akkad, one of the main reasons he joined is because he got pissed off about a story that... um some drill like rappers were, were, like had to got an asbo basically for doing drill about stabbing each other and then in the video where he where he says fuck this i'm joining ukip he's like getting really fucking furious about these drill kids it's like do you think ukip is the party to defend drill yeah also like <laughs> wait hang on a minute i'm thinking of the twitter account drill i'm assuming that's not what this <laughs> is <laughs> Guys who just rap drill tweets. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking cool, actually. Someone who wants to do that, do that. Yeah. So, free business idea for you. Yeah. Mm. Drill is just like a really aggressive kind of rap from that originated in Chicago in the US, basically, of just like it's extreme. It's sort of like Southern rap, but way more about murder. And, oh, okay. uh, so it has apparently has I didn't realize it had a transatlantic audience. Yeah, it's, but, it's, uh, it's the next. It's the big thing following grime here. I'll fuck you yeah, up. I'll put a roll one, plug in your skull. <laughs> and it's the one beh- like supposedly behind the knife crime epidemic. Oh, wow, I, I mean, know that. Oh, yeah, I love it when music yeah. creates knife crime. If you want to talk about? If you want to hear more about that, listen to our episode with Dan Hancock's. Yes, he knows more about that than me. Um, so I think so. Really, the, the UKIP conference was, if we want to sum it up, a YouTube comment section that has attracted the extraordinarily old and the extraordinarily sort of young and greasy. Basically. And old and greasy. They're united by Greece. Yeah. And their hatred of people from there. 
Yeah, I'd say that's a good summary. And then the kind of like uh, to situate that in the history of the party, it's them going further to the right. Like they're, they're irre- basically irrelevant on Brexit now. They're just like kind of shouting at a wall while Brexit is actually happening despite them. And so they're like, what the fuck do we do? We don't really have Brexit anymore. The only political space is to go further to the right, be more racist. Um, yeah, it's kind of great. I mean, it was at the conference where they came up with the idea of Muslim only prisons, correct? It was, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was saying that. Like, they want to create a parallel Muslim society in Great Britain. Building a giant mosque to own the Muslims. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, only, only a genius like, would have come up with that. It's like it's like if if they they're worried about creating a caliphate in Britain, but they seem to be actively working to build a Muslim society in Britain. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's Banning like 1990s a, a four by four, the Deo Musso like, from the road. Was it? Well, like the whole thing about it is that like you know extremist Muslims are like in prisons promulgating like Islamism, and then their idea is to kind of put all those guys together in one place and then that'll definitely go really well because that's how prisons work sort of stalag luft three but for all the most troublesome muslims i was gonna say it's like it's like how sort of egypt managed to kind of create syed Qutb by pushing him down like into the southern nile with all the rest of like these muslim brotherhood guys except this time instead of like syed Qutb, it's gonna be like i don't know like 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 Abu Bakr lover 69 or whatever <laughs> who like all, uh, gets together and like you know forms the forms a forms a digital account. I mean it's like I'm, it's like it's like TI said the haters can't put you down. No, but but what they can do is congregate, you know, in like what you're describing in the live leaks comments. I don't know if you if you're aware of that, but even in like as early as like 15 years ago there was like a massive live leaks like jihadi segment. Like mm. whenever people would leak videos of like, you know, people getting killed in Iraq or something like that, they would then be on there with like avatars of you know dudes on horses with scimitars being like yes crush the infidels so like the idea of other being a western youtube party is kind of hilarious because there already was one sort of amongst jihadis and it's just like (laughs) nothing smarter than to create more of a space for that in britain by uh so segregation. I think yeah. ISIS would be made more popular if they were dudes on horses with scimitars. Like that would be like a stylish terror attack. Like, that's, something I, that's something I could get behind. Wearing like top hats. <laughs> well, that'd be more UKIP. Actually, I've just realised. I've just realised who the UKIP young people are. They're like the natural progression of the guy, like the twelve-year-old kids who leave um, like YouTube comments on like Credence Clearwater revival videos with like, "I'm twelve and I think this is the best music ever. I was born in the wrong generation." But it's just that. But it's like the old-timey racism is way better. Than what we have now oh yeah no these are definitely all intolerable kids who are just friends with older people and now they're all voting um i think that that basically handles ukip for us because <laughs> raise I, the voting age I wanted, which is what we've realized what ukip is it's horseshoe theory with jihadism mm. um so moving on to the meat the meat and potatoes of this oh, particular yeah. sode the famous diet of the oppressed irish slaves uh, Adam well, the Irish didn't even have meat and quite often didn't have potatoes. So, you know, uh, maybe uh, stop with your culturally insensitive talk because this is a saying we, we have a direct line from Boston that said, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, you're lucky you're not in London's not in Boston. <laughs> we <laughs> Don't come near our marathon. That's still Brooklyn. <laughs> That's still Brooklyn. You can only do the what one. that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Tory conference, opportunity for all. Um, how many was all? How many was all? I mean, not many people were turning up to the actual like minister's speech. Um, they seemed kind of bored by that. Um, the Telegraph's political editor, Christopher Hope, said the real action is on the fringes. Um, the real action was, as I discovered, the dissemination of a sort of racist booklet. Um, <laughs> also, also more generally, like just like corporate like i mean it happens every year but like corporate sponsors like putting on events and then obviously massively sort of edging the question to, towards what they want so you had like um atos who are famous for sort of uh woke brand asos sponsoring the tories no atos atos, oh, ATOS. the, out, sure the ATOS outsourcing people who, who famously sort of handled um disability benefits um okay. and uh made a lot of people who were very, very ill um, fit to work. You have no um, arms, perhaps a foot-based job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and they were discussing like whether the sort of rise of the machines, like AI and government is terrifying. And it's like, dude, you guys are already like a completely inhumane, like faceless operation. Um, it's like, let us assess, let us assess more people. Let us assess every baby. Yeah. Let us do Logan's run technology on every baby born in the United Kingdom. 
and in- implant them with like a job gene that like kills them at that as soon as they're 30. Yeah, I mean they were, they were kind of worried about like the public discourse around AI as people imagining um the terminator and that's you know there's like a rise of the robots. It's like I mean yeah, that's that's quite scary but you guys are already fucking terrifying and like responsible for a lot of really fucked up shit. And the thing and that's that sort of goes to show I think sort of I, I have some sort of more specific things about the Tory co- part conference here but mm. it goes to show that like conservative politicians are so easily bought mm. like atos does what puts on a party gives some people some shrimp canapes and a few mm. like glasses of low end wine it's not Fuck it's, me. it's not even it's not even like a party with shrimp canapes it's like the the whole thing of the fringe is like you can go and watch this this talk about like fracking sponsored by um basically people who want to frack you can go watch this thing about like energy policy by like the, the biggest power plant in britain that is like massively polluting like that's the whole thing they are easily bought but also um it's kind of just like they believe in it they, they want to talk to business and they think that they're going to solve these problems a, a good uh, a good sort of illustration though of them being easily bought is like they kept on saying um help to buy is good help to buy as we know like is just a thing that has inflated housing prices um, the main the main sponsor on like the lanyard was a housing company that in its uh, annual accounts says we love help to buy we profit from it massively, so it's like yeah it's extremely <laughs> cool. that was um, Solomon Hughes by the way who wrote that story but um, yeah it's all very sold out. Just so, going to the Tory Party conference to get my frack on. <laughs> <laughs> so what, there are a few things I, I want to talk about. Um, so basically, I think that we can sort of understand that as an umbrella sort of premise. Mm-hmm. The conservative party, the conservative party conference, is less a party conference because we know they have no ideas, and more a kind of just trade show for which corporate interest you want to represent. Yeah, very that. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I want to talk about though are some of their um, some of the speeches and the bumbles and the stumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, remember, none of this is important. The only important thing about the Tory party conference is that it's a trade show for corporate interest to see which MPs they buy. Mm. Now we're going to talk about the goofy shit. Um, they doxed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. This is this is uh, the whole their, their app, which was like you know a kind of phone version of their book, which tells you which event you can go to, or whatever. Um, I think it was Dawn Foster, who's a columnist yeah. for the Guardian, um, sort of downloaded it at some point and realized that I mean, I'm not techie, so I don't quite get it. But basically, you can like download, you can like sign in as Boris Johnson or anyone yeah. without just, any password, you and then you know someone's email. Yeah, you know their yeah. email, and then you can basically get access to their phone numbers and whatever. So I think Boris Johnson was getting a lot of prank calls. Yeah, access <laughs> his sexy DMs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Guido Fox guy as well. What is it? Paul Staines also, like oh, his information man. got oh, released. Shit. So, so yeah, so uh, folks were like, I, I, I noticed that there was a, um, there was somebody who who's like, please give me his number so that I can de- I can send him this photo. And it's like a Photoshop of a dude passed out on the toilet with Paul Staines' face on it. And then like <laughs> 15 minutes late after he said he did it, the Guido Fox account is like, if you're using data compromised from the Tory conference, that is a crime and you'll be prosecuted oh, yeah. under it's this like law. Fam- famous nerd, James Ball. You're all committing a crime, actually, well, according to my research. Well, yeah. According to the Association of Payday Lenders. <laughs> I, think, I think I heard people were like mocking up like porn with Paul Stain's face on it. That's pretty fucking he, funny. Because he, he sent that tweet once where um, it's like him in bed with a printout of Diane Abbott's face. Mm-hmm. Um, off the back of like some kind of really horrific rape joke, and then yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> he because he once um, tweeted some picture of him with Diane Abbott in bed with him, um, follow, following some like gaff by Photoshop, her, presumably. Yeah, no, he, I think he printed out her face oh, okay. and then and then took a selfie with like Diane Abbott, Diane Abbott in bed. He um, doesn't have the Photoshop technology. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a printer, uh, so that's good. But yeah, uh, and obviously everyone thought that was like extremely creepy. So then I think with this whole Tory conference app thing, I think in response, people started like photoshopping pool stains with porn. <laughs> Wait. Which is hilarious. Yeah, Here's I an mean, idea. It might not be another context, but he's a complete piece of shit. So <laughs> Paul, Paul Stains tribute porn dot MOV. Yeah. Guido oh, Fox, but Guido Fox. <laughs> what, Rocco like, Freddy Fox? Hey, I hit a dying abbot at an 80 pound mole removed from her ass. Very good. They show yeah. no respect. <laughs> it's a lack of respect from the Tory conference people. Um, yeah, so basically, but it's, it's just notable that every time the Tories try to do anything digital, they just sort of like slip on their own dicks and then just completely fall ass backwards into like public ridicule. Yeah, I mean, it's a sort of reprise of the Matt Hancock's app, isn't it? And I mean, wasn't the thing that like they had, they, had contra- they had contracted the app to another company and they paid like the cheapest possible. So it was like they paid the lowest tier. Oh, they Grenfell, right? 
I mean, I mean, I mean, effectively, like you know, it was it was effectively that like they paid for the lowest tier, and then when it fucks up because they paid like as much as least as possible, like you know, what do you expect? And the company were like, well, yeah, you pay, you know, we're not going to add like extra security features if you're not going to pay us to do it. So this is like, it's not even like a cock up in the most funny sense. It's like it's a cock up in the most Tory sense of the word, right? Oh, hell yeah. But also, if I remember correctly, the, the app developer was one that did an app for the um, supporting, what is it, supporting the ban on abortion in Ireland and also in support of some racist party in Australia. So effectively, like, they have carved a niche in their business model for shitty conservative party web dev where they don't care about quality unless <laughs> this happens. It's, it's, it just, again, it, go, it goes to show that these people... The, one of the main limiting factors is just these people's own like bone deep incompetence and just inability, just their hasty shittiness and inability to do anything well. When they do stuff for our society is terrible, but it's great to see them do stuff for themselves. Like these, these are people who are all going to get E. coli from drinking rotten milk because it's slightly cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we mentioned Matt Hancock earlier, and I happen to have a friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show, Matt Hancock. We need Matt Hancock theme music. We do, don't we? Yeah. Do. Um, do write in. Yeah. Uh, do yeah. Um, uh, at us. What do you think our Matt Hancock? Uh, it should theme be music something should be? extremely cool, Dad. I feel. Oh it, yeah, it'd be, it'd be like yacht rock. It could literally be Herbie Hancock. Mm. I mean, he's too cool. He's too cool. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it's Steely Dan. Yeah, that is kind of different. I mean, Steely Dan has a certain allure. Moody Blues. Yeah, something more dad-like. I don't know. I don't. Nights in White Satin. It's Nights in White Satin. Okay, figure it it out. You don't write in anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Play Nights in White Satin, please. I will. I'll plug it right in. So uh, this is uh, this is an article that was written after a fringe event. Uh, the article is in the Times, uh, which is "Don't worry about the odd health app accident," says Health Secretary Matt Hancock. <laughs> and, well, he, he basically wants to turn the NHS into an app, right? Well, he wants to turn the NHS into like a a sandbox where you can sort of you know rapid prototype, fail fast, fail forward, mm-hmm. learn from well, your didn't mistakes. Didn't he also say, I want to travel the world and find the best tech for the AHS? And it's like, wow, it seems to be the same shitty app company that supports lots of failing political propositions around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so the health secretary has been criticized by doctors, goes the article by Chris Smythe, after he compared GP apps to driverless cars and said that patients should and not they be deterred. Kill people? And said, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. And said patients should not be deterred by the occasional accident. Fuck me. My yeah. husband is dead. No, ma'am. Your husband failed forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like Uber for liver transplants. Yeah, I mean, I think there was this whole vibe in the whole conference about um, anything to do with tech is basically like a sort of, oh shit, maybe we can fix this. Like maybe this is the solution to the fact that we've fucking like emaciated all the public services in this country. Like they think they think suddenly it's it's just like, you know, their new sort of efficiency drive is like maybe, you know, what if water but an app or whatever (laughs) (laughs) w-a-d-r of course yeah (laughs) Um, well hancock said that really the nhs cannot afford to pilot everything to death uh, before implementing technology and must learn from the throw it out there see how it works culture of silicon valley famously the way that i want my medical care to be administered just 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 throw it out there it works some leeches some raw water (laughs) just get our dicks on the table and see where we go from there (laughs) absolutely absolutely. like hey what if we what if the medievals were actually right and we have humors what then you know but it's like it's like well then you get an app for this h-u-m-r-s because these people have all remembered, only understand the tech industry as, wow, look at all these incredible startups that are making life better for everyone, notwithstanding all the people whose lives they're making worse. Mm. We're going to do those without realizing that orders of magnitude more of those startups go nowhere because they do nothing. Yeah, or, or, or like fuck up their workers. I mean, I mean or fuck up their workers. <laughs> or, or like piss off their workers. Like this week you had like an Uber Eats strike. I mean, I remember last year... Um, they were sort of very worried about losing the, the young. And like, I went to a sort of fringe event about how do we attract young people? I can't remember who it was, but some sort of CEO was like, capitalism's given us everything, you know, Uber, Deliveroo, uh, Tinder. It's like, they, they just see like apps and stuff the as three sort of panacea for everything. <laughs> and everything would be, be better now because you can get an app for it. 
And it's that he wants to rev- he, he and, and so we can take advantage of. There's an app for it. Um, he wants to say he was basically saying that we need to throw out sort of controls and medical experimentation, which is actually like very scary. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, and also the idea that you can you, that someone who's never done this before, but who knows how to like program in Ruby, can somehow figure out the you know all the different diagnoses and thing and processes that go into medical care and triage and such better than someone who literally does it as a doctor or as a nurse practitioner or something along those lines. It's sort of like, well, they did it the old way, but why, why do it the old way when you can do it the new way? Uh, which really ultimately just comes down to people carry data collecting devices in their pockets and nothing else. And it's like, I don't necessarily think that that's going to that's gonna improve someone's patient experience when literally all it does is you know, ensure that, well, yes, you can, you can tell where they are at any given moment, but you don't, that doesn't mean anything when it comes to like how you, you administer medical care, especially on the level of something like the NHS, a huge government-owned system. Yeah. We well, need so an app that answers the question, what if the doctor was a moose? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it sort of also like buying into the idea? I think there was like an American health insurance company that was going to start like making its yeah. uh, customers have an app, like, like a kind of fitness app. And then like if you don't go for a run, then your premium goes up or whatever. It kind of like in the context of what the Tories want to do to the NHS, and it kind of like... I don't know, just buying into that whole logic. And I'll tell you, that's an American company, and its name is John Hancock. And I'm not joking. So Matt Hancock, John Hancock Insurance, there's a synergy right yeah. there. Well, it's already synergy. You know, I, I, because I, I'm now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the dumb Silicon Valley uh, uh, Joshua Tree idiot who's decided that he's going to, you know, disrupt the NHS. And I did a bunch of, a bunch of LSD and Joshua Tree, as my kind is want to do. And I had a vision of Matt Hancock and John Hancock being the same Hancock and watching the movie Hancock. And that actually, like, really rebounds my energy. Touching anyway, cogs. we're prototyping this as a cancer <laughs> treatment across the NHS. <laughs> watching the movie Hancock. The insurance thing, I just love to think that, like, the first person who signed up for that was one of their, like, Silicon Valley doofus friends, and the first thing he did was went for a run to reduce his premium, but accidentally got hit by a bus because he was looking at an app. Well, well, here's the interesting thing, and we'll, we'll move off of this in a second, but, where, what, but what he's done is basically uh, Matt Hancock has upset family doctors by championing the GP at hand service, which is like a, a, a GP in form of an app, um, but that what he's doing is cherry picking young and healthy patients, or he's been accused of cherry picking young and healthy patients to sort of skew the numbers to say this is basically better, which is this bizarre liberal faith in technology, which is no technology is so perfect, the evidence must be wrong. So we have to stack the evidence. But also something I was thinking too is the idea that like if you have something that's tied to an app or a smartphone or a wearable device, you know, some kind of tech thing, like you're effectively screening out poor people from having it and old people and old people, people exactly. are the ones who need healthcare the most yeah yeah it's mm. it, it, in, a, in a way it's, it's like this weird utopian solution that nobody wants it also is just like when whenever silicon valley reinvents the bus it's always singling out people who have devices and excluding people who would pay in cash or who couldn't afford a phone or like you're saying people who are elderly who don't either can't afford or don't know how to use it so in a way it's or sort too of like, busy at the ukip party conference <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they're just learning about sargon of Akin. they don't really want to know what a smartphone yeah. is <laughs> right so the, but this is this is the, I think, this really captures the mood at the Tory conference, which is, we don't have any policies, but maybe we have an app. You know, essentially that's... That also doxes everyone. Yeah. We, don't have, yeah. we have no policies, but we have a terrible app. And that's really all they have to offer. Uh, that, that and a sort of uh, optimistic slash dystopian sort of jingoistic faith in like just Britain as a place. So like Theresa May's um, speech was kind of drawing, she, she used the word uh, renewal or like renew quite a lot. Um, sort of idea of like national renewal, which should possibly be ringing alarm bells. Um, but also then just basing that off absolutely nothing. Like, well, we're, we're going to do a really good Brexit, she said, like defending Czech. She didn't actually mention the word Czechos because it's so unpopular, but we're going to do a really good Brexit. Our deal will do X, Y, and Z. Well, like their deal is already dead in the EU. Um, and then, you know, we're going to renew the country somehow. No, virtually no policies. Like I think she announced sort of three policies that were mostly reannouncements. Oh, and, and like ending austerity, which like they're not really going to yeah, do. Yeah, no, they're not. Well, it's that uh, sort of I've, I've broken down sort of Theresa May's speech here as she came out again. The fact of coming out dancing to Dancing Queen, uh, which was playing up the fact that she got ripped on for dancing yeah. when on on her sub-Saharan Africa yeah, trip, right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. She was like, uh, well, you, you just know some some like idiot spad thought he was going to be the next basically uh, dark Timothy. riley did it yeah evil <laughs> alternate dimension riley was like i've got an idea no, for this you guy Teresa. definitely was like i'm gonna be the next nick timothy i'm gonna tell her to own her you know uh, dancing gaff totally 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, don't like hate me for this. I feel like it worked in inverted commas on on the level of like optics in the sense that like a lot of quite like gullible journalists were like, lol. And then you get, you know, you're getting Twitter memes about it and stuff. And um, sort of compared to her like robotic image before, purely on an optical level. And if we ignore the fact that she was like dancing along while ignoring the Windrush scandal and so on, it kind of like worked. But it works among sort of journalists like Laura Koonsberg who like you're just now are beginning to find their way through simple mazes with only a little bit of help. Like UK political journalists, present company excluded, <laughs> are probably the most gullible idiots on the face of the earth, except maybe national review writers who think that maybe Trump is finally going to become presidential. Yeah. Mm. You know, um, uh, but also we, um, we her, she opens up her speech with very disingenuous praise of Diane Abbott, suggesting that, you know, the, the abuse she suffers at the hands of, her own uh, at the hands of Theresa May's party <laughs> yeah. is somehow unconscionable. Yeah, there was a lot of quite weird um, positioning herself as a kind of like nice, um, benign presence in a toxic political discourse, which is weird considering she spent years sort of retoxifying the image of the Tory party. Yeah, so I mean, I mean she but created, I'm dancing, guys. She, she, <laughs> was, she was sort of she was doing the floss dance while like, you know, t- telling different kinds of immigrants who, who are and aren't welcome in the United or, Kingdom. Or, or, or having, hey, Diane Abbott pops, locks and drops it with the best. <laughs> We're also having somebody like Sajid Javid come out and basically talk about, you know, how using his family's immigration story as a means of sort of selling the Tories sensible stance on immigration in their words. Meanwhile, the facts as put forth or that someone like Sajid Javid's father could not emigrate now based on what hmm. the Tories want to do. Yeah. Well, Sajid Javid is like, I've immigrated. That means I know who how they think and that means that i'm best placed to stop them <laughs> she also mentioned she only mentioned the windrush scandal uh, yeah she only mentioned the windrush scandal in relation to sean bailey who's the tory mayoral candidate who is the son of a like immigrant from the windrush i'm saying if you know if your parents came over from the windrush you could be the tory mayoral candidate that's the only mention of this fucking massive scandal which is like unless your parents get lives. kicked out of the country by me yeah, by a fucking mm. policy that she designed. So, so, you better, so you better win. Sean, we've already figured this out. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like supreme business motivation. Yeah. In the same way that like, yeah. <laughs> the Tories are trying to turn the entire United Kingdom into The Apprentice. <laughs> I did have this moment where I got back from Tory conference and that's like the end of the conference season. And it's like, I was at UKIP, Labour, Tories. It's like two weeks of like a lot of being in hotels and like not getting enough sleep and whatever. And I thought, oh man, it's good to be back from Tory conference away from these Tories. Oh, the apprentice is on. (laughs) (laughs) They're all going to eat worms. Can can we talk about like one really important thing about the Tory conference, which is like the type, like the types of young Tories at the conference? Because like there were a lot of these videos going around just like, and I'm I'm really fascinated by like the notion of the young Tory because number one, it's kind of like, well, who the hell is even like this in this party anymore and what do they want? Because like, if you're like an online, if you're, if you're extremely online like us, like you're not, you know, you're going to be, okay. You're going to be like a UKIP person, right? Um, or you're going to be someone who is kind of very lukewarm Tory, but you're kind of more on like the Boris side of things. But on the video clips, it felt like there were still like a lot of young people that were still with Theresa May. But they were like, like, I'm with her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, effectively. That was effectively what some of them were saying. It was just like, you know. She's like, she's still like Thatcher. And it was like, well, how? It's like, well, well she's, she's, she's a woman. I too dance like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I was mainly following around, like uh, following like Jacob Rees-Mogg, Boris Johnson. Um, so come to think of it, I hadn't thought of it in this way, but yeah, Jacob Rees-Mogg's fans were like mostly old and like the kind of people who have nearly joined UKIP, but are still in the Tory party. Yeah. Um, Boris Johnson, um, his, appro- was, his appeal was really broad. Um, young Tories, yeah, I'm not quite sure actually who, who, which figures they like. Um, but yeah, I think Gordon the, Gecko, they like yeah. fictional businessmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, th- I think like the apprentice, the apprentice like analogy is really um, apt. Like they they do look like they should be on the junior apprentice. Like, but also I'd say too, it's it's just you can't help but notice the disconnect when Theresa May gets up and basically sells the NHS as this cornerstone of British society, like even defining it as free at the point of use, going over to talk about like this institution as a thing that is just inviolable in British society. And, like, and not even just the subtext that there's people in the Tory party at this conference who want to privatize it, but also the fact that you have a photo of young Tories with fuck the NHS written well, on their shirts. Like, <laughs> you know, there's to me, the disconnect couldn't be any stronger than that. Well, it, yeah, I, I, I would say, yeah, I would say like young Tories are like very ideological and like um, extremely Thatcherite. Um, 
I didn't really get into that many chats with them this time, but when I have in the past, they sort of um, they're very like pure capitalists. Like I got, I remember talking to one who believed that um, the minimum wage was um, screwing like disabled people out of jobs because their labor would be worth like one pound an hour because they can do it slowly because they're disabled. And like that, that would therefore be like a good emancipating thing to like disabled people, for instance. Well, it's like, it's like the, the young Tory, I think, has a kind of Holden Caulfield type personality where they believe that they are the only ones who've cracked the code. And so it basically just a young Tory is just a contrarian. Uh, they are a contrarian who might be well spoken enough to sort of seem passably intelligent to someone who's not really listening, you know, where they could where they can sort of make the noises that the that the sort of older people are going to approve of. Like, yeah, if we don't do economics 101, we're going to turn into Venezuela. And then, you know, the older Tories are like, ah, yes, you'll go far, young man. And they sort of get off on being told by older people that they're smarter than their peers. This is another thing, too. It was kind of like anyone who kind of had like even an ounce of um you know, just an ounce of competence was like, he could be the next Tory leader. So like, you know, the Sajid Javid speech. And like, I saw on Twitter, everyone was like, oh yeah, like Sajid Javid, Sajid Javid gave us like really great speech. And like, it was definitely like a leader in waiting speech. And I'm like watching on YouTube. It's like, well, no, not really. Like he d- he didn't mess up any of his lines, right? Nowhere near as good as Sargon of a card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what he did do, he d- it, promising to crack down on like, on like white middle class like cocaine users in London in the home counties. The funny thing about that policy though is that it is going to lose the Tories every single London and home county seat that they had because all of these people do tons of coke to think of their business ideas. <laughs> Hell yeah. How else do you come up with the great apps? <laughs> yeah, it's really like attacking their base. <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah, you may keep the sort of, you know, um social con- like the sort of Midlands and Norths like like sort of uh, social conservatives. But all of these like city workers who now like have a lovely house in the home counties or whatever, they like to do a bit of Charlie and talk about like, you know, what they're going to do, what they're going to build their next like, you know, investment fund on. Or if they're having a normal racism barbecue, you surround <laughs> around the backyard. <laughs> uh, the Australian gu- Tories. If they're playing a guy with slurs, mate. <laughs> to, it's, it's genuinely amazing to me that Matt Hancock came up with the idea for the Matt Hancock MP app without doing a load of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and if he wants to dispute that, I'm willing to correct that on the show. <laughs> so one of the things I actually want to highlight is Teresa, and you, you've mentioned, uh, uh, Simon, is that Teresa May said that austerity is over. And she, her proof of that was that she lifted the cap on local councils uh, for building new homes, which is a labor policy. Um, but that's like one labor policy among 50 you know, and she took that one and then declared austerity over. Well, no, she 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 also booted it to um, there's going to be a, a spending review next year. So she said, austerity's over. We'll give you the detail next year. So it's kind of like waiting on the edge of our seat. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like Kanye with Yandy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, hey, yo, drop that public spending. <laughs> but that's the thing. Austerity is, like, is so over. That's the thing. You can still see austerity riven through everything they do and think. Like the the way that Matt Hancock is thinking about the solution to the crisis in the NHS isn't the well we caused it with austerity. It's ah we need a we need an we need to you know like like Tinder for blood type or just whatever. A, I've just got this image now of like Theresa May walking onto the Tory conference stage like to Lil Pump and Kanye's. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tory gang, Tory gang, Tory gang, Tory no, gang, Tory gang, Tory no, gang. No, no, Lil Pump and Kanye's track. Oh, Roblox. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. But We're building council houses with the Roblox boys. That would almost have me voting Tory, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, the thing. I mean, if they could, if the Tory party could get like a like a hologram of XXS Tentacion, that would be Tentacion. <laughs> I, mean, did, did, I mean, did you hear about like what one of one of the Tory ministers? I think it was Matt Hancock was going to appear as a hologram. And that, like, oh, and, that, and, that, yeah. and, and it didn't happen. But like, that would have fucking like the owned. fucking Sith Lords. No, it's like, it's like, it's like, we won't be able to do the hologram, but we still need Matt Hancock to parkour over a low bench that has the deficit written on it. <laughs> I genuinely feel yeah. like that's the future of the Tory Party, right? It's not going to be yeah. Boris. It's not going to be Theresa May. It's going to be Matt Hancock and all his like just stupid ideas. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's amazing. Like I think that Matt, Matt Hancock is Tory Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Well, Matt Hancock is like the final form of tourism, just like pointless solutions to like not real problems. 
like, then, the whole like fuck because like the whole like the cracking down on cocaine thing is hilarious to me as well <laughs> I know that's jabbed but it's just like it's like the end to austerity and we're going to crack down on cocaine it's like well surely cracking down on cocaine use is bad for the economy like I'm not like, I'm well, not like, into like, maths just, here I just love that like like Matt Hancock's idea for like properly funding the police which they shouldn't do and Labour should stop saying they're going to do it but that Matt Hancock's idea is like instead of getting more police officers we're going to put helicopter blades in all of their skulls and turn the entire UK police force into inspector gadgets and then like that's going to be radical praxis because you know it's probably not going to go well and then they're going to need to go to the NHS but they're too busy chopping everyone into mincemeat on the, on the pavement I'm also wondering though is another potential route they might take as a future of the Tory party just to be weird scary austerity cretin you know like no state kind of Jacob Rees-Mogg kind of person like are you going to see a uh, if, say, for example, there is kind of a, a continued ideological drift to the right? Are you going to see the sort of like the government should provide no services, we should charge no taxes? The <laughs> same sort of like insane, you know, hell state of the future kind of mentality becoming the norm amongst them. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, um, Jacob Rees-Mogg was really popular. Probably created the most sort of buzz apart from Boris Johnson. Um, and both him and Boris are kind of along those lines. I mean, and, and I guess that's what's, what's different between them and Theresa May, who's like, she's like to the right in terms of like immigration and like the idea of the nation and whatever. But in terms of like spending and stuff, she's a bit more like old Tory, willing to be a bit patrician about it. She's a one nation Tory or yeah. whatever that is now. It's like, well, yeah, she's like, a, like old conservatism, like old Toryism. Yeah. Well, because she had to be because Labour kept like doing popular shit. And she was like the only way out of this to conserve like, my platform among racists and working class racists is I have to do basically blue labor. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was actually another theme, like terror at labor. Like the, the, the whole conference was just like so many speeches about how like terrifying labor are. And so, yeah, I think maybe that will put a bit of a break on them, like, you know, going full like libertarian at the moment. Or who knows, like they, they could like go the other way and be like, you know, well, socialism is bad. So we're going to be like fully capitalist. I don't know. Well, I mean, that was one of the post-Brexit plans was that the UK would unleash innovation by reducing its uh, tax rate to the lowest in the OECD. Yeah. Release the innovation. (laughs) And certainly the like hard Brexiteer Tories are like fully like, yeah, free markets are going to solve everything. We're going to, who was it? Someone said we're going to, we're going to be a a seafaring nation again. Just like fully going back to like mercantilism. Oh, yeah. I like the idea of the British economy being destroyed by Somali pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Please come here. <laughs> um, so one of the things I want to also go on to is we've talked about like the, the Tory party basically has has no ideas other than apps or trying to do a, like a softer version of what labor does. Mm. Um, one of the big questions was how are the Tories going to attract anyone under 45 when now everyone under 45 is either a socialist or like a card-carrying fascist, or like ten of them are still, you know, bow tie Tories who, you know, believe in in Venezuela mm. with the woke Sajid Javid policy, which is universal basic cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I, but I, I'm sort of this is sort of a leading question because obviously we know they're not going to, but then we have the let's say the let's call them they're called the young Tories, but in this picture they might be more properly called the Tory youth. Yeah. Um, so front page of the mirror on what was it Wednesday? I think it was the day of Theresa May's speech was a bunch of like, yeah, Tory youth pictured um, with fuck the NHS written on them. And also a lot worse things like uh, Yuda and yeah. um, Enoch Powell was right. I think one of them yeah. had. Yeah, I mean, it's um, basically these were these were some some sort of students who were out at a I don't, I don't know if they were at I think conference. It was a, a, a Tory Freshers Week event. Yeah, it was to- a Tory Freshers Week event who um Number one, uh, if we've all seen this picture, um, it is a group of a group of guys who look as though they embody the word actually, and like they love to stick up their hand in a sort of a, a first year philosophy class and say, uh, "Well, I don't know. I've read the Wikipedia article about Nietzsche." It reminds <laughs> me of those pictures from. Uh, do you remember the the photos from that underage club night in Kent that went viral a while mm. back of all like the sixteen year old boys posing and then yeah, yeah, they reminds me of that. Case, they were doing it with, you know, Nazi slogans. It was the alt-right meme lord shit written on their shirts, basically. But they were young Tories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, think, there, I think there is a bit of a, like, um, even crossover with, like, alt-righty stuff and um, the Tories, like, mm-hmm. um, sort of, who's it, Brandon Lewis, he's the deputy chairman, um, was 
sort of talking about sending sending conservatives to speak at universities after Jacob Rees-Mogg got heckled, which was kind of interpreted as a kind of Trumpian cultural move because if you send more Tory M MPs to like liberal universities, they're going to get shouted at more. And then you create this cult culture war and then people take a side kind of thing. So they kind of made little nods towards a sort of outright Trumpy culture war. And um, yeah, and then you get these uh, young Tories with like racist shit written on them and like, I don't know, um, I don't think they're sort of like in the same milieu as like the outright YouTuber type people really. But I, but I think yeah. there's a level to which like you can be a Tory and like accept acceptably say shit. Well, it's like the, the British establishment has been dressing up as Nazis for decades now. <laughs> it's like as soon as the Nazis were beaten by Russia, mainly uh, the British establishment was like, well, now we can dress up as them for the parts of because. It was like it was like a lot of the British establishment were like uh, the Nazis were like we don't love your uniting Europe thing, but we love all the other stuff. I mean, there was a guy that I was at Cambridge with who was and is a young Tory hard Brexit person who is literally a descendant of Oswald mostly. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, aside from the members of the royal family who actually were Nazis uh, in the extended relations, but yeah, I mean, I take your point though that like you can you can basically get away with with ironically being a Nazi or like ironically espousing things that seem to be close or in some way, you know, proximate to that same sort of like central ideology. Um, and it's sort of a continuation of, you know, the sort of hang Nelson Mandela type stuff. I mean, yeah, I, th I, th I think, you know, it's yeah, a less yeah. catchy song, wasn't it? That one. <laughs> <laughs> same, but, exactly but, the but same fuck, But fuck the NHS. That's going to be a club banger here's over the, the winter. Here's the, here's the other thing. It's a bunch of guys who look like they put their hand up in class, like with marker marked up like Hitler. And the one kind of hot girl they're all facing and staring at. Well, one of them is making an alt-right hand slogan. The other one looks like he's doing Takbir Allahu Akbar. Um, one guy has a, a unibrow from hell. No, he, has, he has, it's drawn on with a Hitler mustache. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Famous well, unibrow have a Hitler. All of these guys are, are like, they're either fat or skinny fat as well. Yeah. I love none the, of, none I, of them go to the gym. I love the guy doing finger guns at the back. He's uh, my personal favorite. That, that oh, it's finger, finger guitar. It's finger guns, my bad. For, for a minute, I thought it was just one arm and I was like, was he literally doing like the ISIS thing? Trash feature listener at the back there. He infiltrated. <laughs> <laughs> Infiltrating the young Tories. Young but, Tories right, is lit. <laughs> And so that, but that's really, we say, what's the future of the party is it's these people. And then they, with this picture wasn't taken, what happens is all of these people then basically sort of grow up, get their first politics, either get their first politics job or get their first banking job or whatever. Sorry, they're all going to grow up to be in politics in some way, whether they're going to be an MP or a local councillor or in business in some way. Or even just campaigning and being part of a discourse and saying gross shit. And these are going to be the people that define the future of what the Conservative Party is in Great Britain, you know, in some way. And what they're doing now is they're showing us who they really are. Yeah. Huge pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a sort of uh, extent of, like, normalizing, like, really gross things, basically. Um, and I mean, it's sort of unsurprising because, it's you know, it's coming from the party of, like, the go-home-or-face-arrest fans. It's coming from the party of, you know, the Windrush scandal, like... I think there's a tendency for political parties to be like, oh, you know, this is just like some like inexperienced idiot kids. And like, yeah, to an extent that's that's true. And like, I don't know. Because they were obvious, not because but, they said it. But I, find, yeah. but, but I find it interesting that, that, you know, the most, to my knowledge, one of the, the only scandalous things that people said coming out of labor wasn't even like, it was nothing along these lines in the labor conference. It was literally a, uh, a junior MP ma making a comment about potentially having a general strike. And that was treated like this scandalous thing. And yet it's like, I don't, don't, I don't imagine there being any photos of young labor in mm. bizarre sort of, I mean, what would be the opposite? Dressing up as dressing up as Pol Pot, you know, like talking about <laughs> year, year zero in Britain, like everyone to the countryside. I mean, like, I just can't yeah. see an equivalent. And also, I, I like that you meant, you brought up the thing about uh, Hang Nelson Mandela because it seems that people can, when they do transition into politics, inevitably, uh, even if this is brought up, you know, years after the fact, it never seems to be held against them in any significant way. Like people on the left might say, I mean, I noticed this in the United States as well, that people might say, oh, isn't it disgraceful that this person was like a pro-apartheid person in the 80s, but that doesn't stop them from becoming judges or commentators or politicians. Like it's just treated as, whereas if someone were to say, no, I, I, I like re-education camps, like, I, you know, I'm pro Pol Pot or something along those lines, that might, act, that might literally be a thing that could be held against a someone to stop them from having a political career or any kind of public significance. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, th I think wearing a t-shirt saying Enoch was right might hold you back a bit. But then I also think that, that like, you know, like, I don't know how old these people are. Like, 
I think people will see it as youthful indiscretion to some extent. And I'm sure. not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not excusing it for one second when I say this, I think there's an extent to which that is, you can kind of understand that. And my, I guess my point is like, it's somewhat top down. It's not just some dumb kids. It's some dumb kids who are in a party that has a history of yeah. racist mm-hmm. policies and stuff. And they're just articulating it in a much, in a much more vulgar way. I'm <laughs> just excited for the formalized uniformed Tory youth. He'll be coming around to your house, checking that you're cooking a one pot meal on a Sunday, knocking your cocaine off the table and making you dance to Abba's greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, ba- but that basically I think sums up the, the Tory party conference, which is, a party sort of bereft of ideas other than apps and white supremacy. Yeah, basically. And stealing labor policies. American yeah. history apps. <laughs> the final conference, the spiritually big dickedest conference of them all, labor conference, Liverpool. We were there together. Mm-hmm. We, we were going to some parties. We were getting hammered. It was very fun. Liverpool was sick, by the way. I should say that. The yeah, it was it. so fun. I've, all of the workers there are so radical. Yeah. And just like the idea that it's growing up north is obviously bullshit. Like, it's a nice place. Yeah, it's fucking rules. Yeah, anyway, that's not good content. Um, <laughs> uh, no, every trash future officially supports Liverpool. Yeah. The city where the future is good. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the Labour conference was, um, it was, yeah, uh, more united, more, I mean, so like compared to last year, it was more difficult for me as a journalist to like get a story. Because last year, the Labour Party conference, there was so much euphoria on the left because like Jeremy Corbyn had done better in the uh, election than everyone had thought. And there was also a lot of like butthurt on the right, which was like very just like fun to cover. Well, it's the, it's the thing with, um, with, with Kinnock just looking at the general election results with a face like a slapped ass. Yeah, 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 exactly. There was a lot of that going on. This year, um, there was less euphoria on the left because like obviously Labour's had a difficult summer. And it was more kind of like business, like, okay, shit, we're like really going to be in government. Let's just like discuss that. Um, and then, you know, and, the, and then sort of the, the sort of centrist or the right of the party are just kind of like defeated, to be honest. Yeah. They, they were going around just saying, we're, no one's really interested in us. They're trying to get us, to allow us to be deselected, which sort of worked. Yeah. I mean, so Progress, which is one of the, the, the sort of Blairite faction, and that's not Blairite as a slur, like they, they do love Tony Blair. Um, they were just like trying to adopt the language of radicalism. They were saying like, we're the radicals now. Um, oh, what was it? Um, so didn't Stella Creasy call someone a melt? And it was like, no one yes. on the left has used that term in years. She, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. She, she, she was being like, you know, we've all got to unite um, momentum of two divisive what, bunch of melts. So this, it was this kind of like, hey, don't be divisive and rude. By the way, you're a cunt. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And then Labour, f- uh, Labour First, which is like a sort of old Labour right faction they were being very sort of combative and bellicose as they always are but it just felt quite irrelevant um i think the more relevant interesting thing i think the most interesting thing going on was john mcdonald like marching around laying out laying out his vision like his actual i mean the vision that that compare and contrast what we're about to talk about to Theresa may's vision Mm. basically yeah totally i mean i mean so he um his actual conference speech i thought was quite like um boilerplate play to play to like the normal labor crowd say clause four is good fine but he was actually a lot more expansive and interesting on like world transformed panels um where he was kind of laying out this vision of like he was just just for our american listeners labor party conference happens every year and momentum which is the sort of like far like far left pressure group that sort of is pulling labor to the left they do a parallel conference but where a lot of the labor leftists will then do events it's the one I was I was mostly at stuff with that, not stuff with the normal party conference. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Yeah, like kind of grassroots, like sideshow type thing. Um, not sideshow, that's disparaging. But um, yeah, he was kind of laying out this vision. Um, he basically acknowledged that um, the state can be quite oppressive, even like a sort of generous welfare state. You can like live through the, like live in a house owned by the council who like might fuck you around if you need a new boiler or whatever you can uh, have your benefits decided by some complete jobs jobs worth that kind of thing like this idea that it's quite disempowering to have your life like governed by bureaucracy even if it's a bureaucracy that is less like murderously dystopian than the one we have now um and suggesting that like the state could be democratized to empower people um which is you know uh, a lot more interesting than anything we've heard from politics for quite some time i mean i think there's i think there's a question about whether it like is really a coherent working vision when you had like Diane Abbott really unfortunately slipping into um, stuff about bulking up the border guards. And it's like, oh uh, yeah, all these like good anti-status noises from Don McDonald. And then like, yeah, secure the border from Diane Abbott. That was a shame. But yeah, um, it was it was certainly like interesting. Well, the most interesting policy or the most sort of radical 
And again, I say radical because this is not radical for a sort of a Western European social like social democracy, but radical compared to what we have now is sort of is is McDonald's proposal for sort of workers to begin taking sort of on permanent stakes of ownership in British companies, uh, where the policy outlined was that over the next sort of ten years, um, ownership of British company ten percent at least of British of British companies would be transferred to sort of be held by the workers in perpetuity, um, and. It's been hailed as the left's right to buy, which I kind of understand because it, um, because it is a transformation of ownership structure that can't really be undone easily. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think, didn't Thatcher want workers on boards? I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember anything cool yeah. Thatcher did. Well, that's <laughs> what people forget is that Thatcher is so much more left-wing than the Tories we have now, which is so, <laughs> such an insane thought, but like <laughs> Thatcher is like comparatively centrist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that that policy was part of like sort of a, wi- a wider thing mm-hmm. that was like generally sort of telling telling people they're going to have more control in their lives in like a much yeah. broader sense. What's well, it's 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 that t- somehow the idea of restoring control over your own life has been the political theme of the last few years, right? Because I mean, like, look, this is this is just me previewing my my commie book club where I'm talking about for a left populism, um, but that. There, there has been this sort of um, almost throwing up of hands, sort of giving up, and it's suggesting that well, we can only manage things, and we're going to manage things for you as best we can, as opposed to we, as opposed to we, as it is today, you acting through the government, you people can do things, and the problem is, is the right figured it out first, and so now we're kind of fighting a rear guard, but we have our narrative now. And that's what our narrative was coming out of la- of the Labour Party conference. Mm. And if it happens, it's a more sort of it's a more genuine taking back of control, of course. You know, compared to like I mean, the right Brexit. was yeah. The, I mean, the right is always a fraudulent taking back of control. It's the aesthetics of control. Yeah. The the aesthetics of taking back control with a extremely strong hand delivered to business interests and people who will ultimately wind up taking control on their own right and fucking you over worse. Yeah, precisely. the British ruling class taking back control from this sort of EU bureaucracy, which which, do, which does exist and is quite anti-democratic, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, trading on sort of national identif- people's sort of nationalist identification with one another kind of erase the class differences mm. of that particular bit of uh, control taking backery. Yeah, it's so funny to me when people are like, oh, you don't like being run by people like John claude Juncker, the bu- bureaucrats in Brussels. Wouldn't you rather be run by a normal, sane man like Jacob Rees-Mogg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, you don't want to be ruled by an inbred Habsburg. You want to be ruled <laughs> by an inbred British guy. The kind of guy who's literally one mental breakdown away from wearing two monocles. <laughs> <laughs> But th- this was this was the energy I think at the Labour Party conference, and it was the conference of a of a government in waiting. In my in my opinion, which totally isn't biased. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, um, it's it just was all very coherent and like held together. And like, I was talking to sort of Labour Party workers who were just really happy. And as as a as a sort of journalist who likes you know stories and more like rancor or whatever, um, I got yeah, I got a lot of like looks at me like I'm a dickhead for saying that at, at the <laughs> Labour conference. They were like, how's it going for you? And I was like, well, as a journalist, it's quite dull. And I don't I don't mean that in a like, and I want the Labour Party to fucking fail, but like yeah. that that was kind of the case on a professional level. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was just like quite professional and quite like, there wasn't much drama because it all just like- None of you do just at least one Nazi salute with that. <laughs> oh, just throw us a bone. I, I remember that somebody making the conference and it might've been like a centrist journalist saying that the biggest shock to him was uh, seeing the people who had been involved in the 2015 Corbyn leadership campaign were all wearing suits and kind of like directing things, which was a huge shock from what it had been previously. But obviously like it, that is sort of the, the next phase in how the left is ascendant within the Labour Party. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, and 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 not only that, like pe- people who were in those suits two years ago, but like didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And, 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 and you know, like 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 some guy who's like had to buy a suit from a charity shop for his first ever job interview, and they're now like pretty like professional. They can like control a story. They can like you know manage the press that kind of thing. Yeah. So I guess what I mean to say is, fuck y'all, bitches. We on the glow up. Yes, as we normally say around here in our very oh, normal say, podcast. I say a lot of normal shit. So I'm, I'm going to say uh, I think we leave it there, fellas. I think we've we've done our we've done our our major uh, party conference rundown. We missed out the Greens, the biggest event of the season. Yeah, that's a shame. I have literally no idea what happened there. Tories with dreads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not going to let you call the Greens Tories. It's just so inaccurate. <laughs>
It's like some literally of them, some of had them like a socialist platform for longer than the Labour Party some of, has. Some of them are Tories with dreads. Not all of them, but some of them. Well, well I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah some, some of them care a lot about ecological concerns to the point where they're willing to like fuck over poor people as long as like the whales are saved. And it's like that can sometimes that mono focus can seem kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's but, can get there. but their overall policy platform is, is actually very, absolutely very left. Yes, yes, yes. Their platform is basically fine. But right, just, Riley likes putting people into groups and yeah. hating them. So that's yeah. just the way yeah. that works. And also like they make a much bigger deal of the environment, which is super fucking important. Stop being um, reasonable. And Labour should make a bigger deal about the environment because the environment could kill us all regardless of how much socialism you do. As we sit yeah. here enjoying this lovely yeah. summer weather in October, oh, it's, God, yeah. it's like fucking 23 degrees. We have to do the end matter of the show. So mm. I'm going to say thank you very much, Simon. Hey, you're welcome. For coming along to the first recording in the new Trash Future office, which only has some exposed wires. <laughs> it's like it's exactly imagine our office in your head and it's exactly how you imagine it <laughs> it's like a dirty weird dungeon that's far too hot and has a lot of exposed wiring and it also has a big standee of elon musk in it which i think we should take a picture yeah. next to yeah thanks this. to thanks to my girlfriend who bought us a life-size cutout of elon musk <laughs> buy us more life-size cutouts for the uh for the office. We only have room for one. I'm not going to lie. It's a very yeah, small, very small office. office. I have some for now. miniaturized cutouts for the office. The, with, ours is not like one of those offices at the top of the shot. Yeah. <laughs> you, may, or maybe just sign up for the Patreon or convince your friends, since this is a bonus episode, to sign up for the Patreon and we can get a slightly larger office with more sconces for stand-ups of Elon yes, Musk. Absolutely. That's mm. we, need, we, need, we need more inventory slots for standees of Elon Musk in our office. Um but regardless, I'm going to say to everybody, also, don't forget, you can commodify your descent with a T-shirt from Lil Comrade. Um, you can get a favorite line from the show, a thing we say, a thing we've tweeted, or like some people have done, just some shit we said in the pub once. Cool thing for a T-shirt to have. And thank you, of course, to Ginseng for our theme song. Here I was always go. here. I was always here. <laughs> Hussein <laughs> definitely didn't step out to do an interview. He's like, quote unquote, jobs. That people have in this 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 dang town of East London, this, this accursed economy. I, I was actually just in the middle of thanking Ginseng for our, the use of our theme song. Here we go, which you can find on Spotify, accursed music streaming service. Mm. So, if there's anything else from uh, from the lads or Simon? I think that's that tears us for today. Bro, good night, everybody. Yeah.